Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. On today's show, we have, well, I, I look at this guest as someone that has jumped into the authorship side of the world. It goes by the name of DB. So DB, why don't you give our audience a little insight to who you are? Well, man, honestly, I don't even know where to begin. I'm a man of many facets. So uh, when people ask me, you know, who are you and what path you on, I always tell them I'm a universal servant. So I've just served the people and a lot of people in the world don't understand that. And I know a lot of people is about self, me, me, me. But along my journey, I learned that I benefit more when I serve others. And so with that said, I am a recently, um, well, I just became an author on March 17th, which um, I have a book that's number one bestseller internationally. In addition to that, I'm a doctoral student writing my dissertation. Hopefully I'll be done by the end of the year. That's the go. Um, I'm also a kidney patient and a kidney ambassador. So I go out into the community and I talk to a lot of faith-based institutions and partner with a lot of faith-based institutions just to uh, bring awareness around kidney disease because for the most part, roughly about 74% of individuals walking around with stage four, stage five kidney disease, they don't even know it. And with that said, most of the individuals who are walking around with kidney disease undiagnosed are minorities, predominantly African-Americans. Um, in addition to that, I'm a social worker. I'm a provide therapeutic services for the geriatric, geriatric population. And just making sure I just give my due diligence and do my part is making sure that I'm just making a world a better place to live. Hmm. That's yeah. nice. So, I mean, it sounds like you're definitely devoted to, to giving back and then helping not yes. only people, but just community in general. So mm-hmm. let's just take this back. Let's time travel back a little bit. Like, okay. you, you just don't wake up on a random Tuesday, right? And say, hey, this is what I want to do in my life, <laughs> right? So but let's, let's start from the beginning. Like, like when, when, how old were you and when did you first start realizing that, you know, this could potentially become your path? Um, literally about six years ago. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm 47 years old, but I usually don't tell people my real age. I usually say like 20 Seven. I've been 27, literally like 19 plus years. <laughs> My nephew always wow. laughs at me. But with that said, I had a job and I still work at the job that I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular job in my head, right? Let's, let's actually talk about it. So we're raised, at least within my community, African-American community, in which I grew up in. You go to school, you go to work, you stay on your job, that job becomes your career. And that's pretty much it. There wasn't a whole lot of room for exploration. Uh, my mom supported it if we initiated as kids, but for the most part, I was pretty much mimicking what what I saw within my family dynamic. So that's what I did. So the job that I am at currently, I always saw that as this is the place where I'm going to retire. So what ended up happening is I experienced racism and I was demoted due to some allegations that were kind of brought up. I still, like I said, still work for the organization, but I'm no longer a director. And so with that said, experience the racism for the first time, like blew my mind. In addition to that, I was dealing with grief and loss with three 
um, loved ones, in addition to going through a divorce at the time, having my car, car ran off the road. And so all of that just really brought me into a place of depression. Most of it really stemmed from the divorce because I don't particularly believe in divorce. I feel like if you have an iota of love, you have an opportunity to plant that seed or replant that seed and nurture it and allow it to grow. But again, that was what I wanted. Apparently, it's not what God wanted. And I had to come to grips with that. And so that, for the most part, was led into the depression. And so while I was going through all of this, I started birthing um, all of this great stuff, right? Who birthed stuff out of depression? Usually when people are depressed, literally, they don't create anything. But for whatever reason, it was the thing that created a whole lot and allowed me to reconnect to myself and to nurture myself. And so this is how all of this pretty much started. So it sounds like, I mean, obviously you work for somebody, but you've, you've always had the entrepreneurial spirit, entrepreneurial inside to kind of want to do something. And then like most entrepreneurs like you, believe it or not, like you, you cross over the tracks now, right? Most right. of us, you put us in the damn cage. We're going to break out that cage and we're going to run free and we're going to create and we're going <laughs> to develop as much as we possibly can to the last day that we die. So I, first of all, I want to welcome you to the club, right? Thank you. Second to that is like, I think you threw out a little tidbit right there that I have to kind of like slow down, rewind, recap what you said. You said something about getting ran off the road, like, or your car ran off the road? like Yes, like literally, I was on my way to work driving and a gentleman didn't see me coming and he was mm -hmm. trying to actually come in the middle of the street to kind of, I guess, yield over until my lane and he mm -hmm. did not see me. And so I... It was either A, I was going to hit him head on or I needed to kind of rear off the road. And so all I thought about is what would be the safest thing that is going to keep my car intact because it was almost paid for. And I because <laughs> I don't believe in car notes. So it was almost paid for and how I'm going to save my life. And so I end up, you know, pretty much rearing off the road and they had to call a tow truck and just pull hmm. me and my car out of the ditch. Hmm. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you so, sounds like you got a little adrenaline, got, got, got your blood pumped up. So let, let's dive into like, if you could define yourself in three to five words, what three to five words would you choose to do that? Um, love is me. Hmm. Yeah. I'll describe That's it. Love, love is, is me. me. Love is me. Well, shit, if that's the case, then, you know, I always kind of deem everybody that I'm talking to, I usually give them a nickname. So I'm going to deem you the love boss. Just as simple as that. <laughs> that's what you are from now on. You're the love boss. I love boss. it. <laughs> Great. So let's just talk about like your business a little bit. So obviously, you know, you're, you're doing the kind of, we call it like the jumping of the gap, right? You kind of still got your steady paycheck, mm -hmm. but now you're dibbling into the solopreneur side of things. So, I mean, what kind of business do you have? Like you have your book. But what, mm -hmm. what are you doing in addition to the book to monetize? So I do wellness coaching. Okay. So that pretty much just um, assessing individuals to see where they are in life and what are some of the things that they are struggling with. And so um, I'm also a intern clinician. And so the difference between being a therapist and being a wellness coach is that I don't, as a wellness coach, I don't start diving into your past like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what's going on now? What are you struggling with? And what is it that you need to help you move past your hand, really? Because a lot of times we can't see past our hand when we're dealing with a lot of different challenges in our life, a lot of different storms. So my goal is to put your thoughts, depending on where they are, oftentimes they're all over the place, and write them down and organize those thoughts and start peeling that onion back. What is priority? What do we need to address first until we get to the core issue? Hmm. 
So it sounds like like you're you're a good handshake before someone even dives into their vision board. I mean, you kind of get them in alignment to actually expand what they're thinking about and what their goals and achievements could possibly be down the road. Is that a correct assumption? Yep. Yep. And making sure that they are realistic. Right. Because I want to be a millionaire. Right. I want to be a millionaire like yesterday. (laughs) That's not realistic. And so we have to come up with a plan of action to determine a realistic plan of action to make sure we can mobilize whatever it is that we are listed on that, that, that you have listed on that paper. Hmm. So it seems like I'm going to tell you right now, once you start getting into entrepreneurs, right, we're going to tell you that we could be millionaires yesterday. It's just a matter of time. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's that it's, to your point, right? I've seen there's a difference between people that work for somebody and then people that are entrepreneurs. So right now in your business, would you say you're more dealing with solopreneurs, entrepreneur, business owners, or you're dealing more with people that work for a corporation? For the most part, um, I'm dealing with other small business and other entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for instance, in my book, initially my book started as a collaborative um, book project with an individual, one of my friends. And as we were building out the book and creating that blueprint, he decided that it would not be a good fit. And he didn't like the direction in which it was going. I didn't take it personally because I understand we all have our journey. We all have our path. But what I did was um, because I believe in helping others, I contacted a total of six other individuals. I like to call them entrepreneurial souls. And I contacted them and say, hey, do you want to be on this project? I'm paying for everything. All you have to do is show up. Um, share your journey to wellness, the things that you want, went through and what got you here and give the audience some tips on some of the things that you did to bring you from a negative mindset to a positive mindset. And so those individuals did just that. Most of them are based in Atlanta, five of them in Atlanta, one is in Gary, Indiana. But with that said, there I am uplifting these African-Americans so they can have that exposure just from me just doing some work, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. So are you based out of Atlanta? I am. How ironic. That's where I'm based out of. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously past COVID, we probably have to catch up in in, in person and kind of just do some live, live conversation. So let's just dive into like your business structure a little bit. So you worked for corporate America. Now you have your own business on the side. Is it structured as an LLC, an S Corp or a C Corp? LLC. Okay. Okay. So do you have any current partnerships or is it just you? It's just me literally running the whole ship. (laughs) And let me say this. I, attempted to create a team. And so one of the things that I have learned because I started my business in 2018 and all of this is very new. Even technology is new. I just got on Facebook literally because my church was like, um, I don't know if you remember this, but you remember when you go to church and they used to give you the programs of everything that they was doing and the announcements was on the program. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. They don't do that no more. So I went to my pastor and I was like, well, where's the program? Like, you know, I want to know what's going on in church. And he was like, son, you have to get on social media. (laughs) And so that was my first exposure to Facebook and all that good stuff. And so um, with that said, everything is kind of new. And so when I tried to build my team, I was running into so many different issues and people were not delivering the way that I needed things to be delivered. And no matter if... I had a very intentional, concise conversation that listed every single thing with due dates. It just wasn't happening. So I had to just really pull back Mm -hmm. and literally do everything the way that I needed it to be done. Is it a lot of work? Absolutely. But is it getting done the way that I think that it needs to get done? 
Absolutely. Does it take more time? Absolutely. But the plus or the pros to that is that I'm learning a whole lot. Got it. So I think you're you're at that point to where eventually you're going to have to outgrow that, right? And, and if yes. you don't mind, if you don't mind, I can just give you a little bit of direction, right? Oh, yeah. Every single entrepreneur hits that hurdle sooner or later to where you can do it better than anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to look at it as if I can get two people to get to 50 to 70% of what I can do, the combination between these two people will be more than what I could ever do because my time yeah. is going to be limited. So to your point, you saying you was making a list and you segmenting out this list and they weren't getting it right, then mm-hmm. take that one step further. Don't deliver lists, deliver videos. Give them mm-hmm. step-by-step videos, record your processes and show them step-by-step. Like when I work on my VAs and PAs, if I have something quick that I want to show mm-hmm. them, I think about how long is it going to take me to write this and make it correct because I'm an author as well, right? Mm-hmm. Or how do I need to get on the phone with them and talk to them? But in five minutes in that conversation, they're probably going to forget it. So the best thing I could possibly do is record my screen, record the problem, talk about the solution, and then tell them to watch that video until they get it right. That frees up all my time. They don't have to call me for anything. They can look at the video and figure it out and then send me back the result. Yeah. Listen, I love it. I love it. And it's important because what happened is it stifles my creativity, right? So I'm no longer in the creative space and now I'm in an administrative space when Mm -hmm. I could be spending or investing that creative fuel in my art, in that craft. So I love it. Great, great. So let's let's talk about some hurdles, right? So obviously, like you're in that transitional period and you're going to get to the point to where you're going to look at the security of your current job and you're going to be like, the hell with that. You want to want to put more full-time effort into raising and growing your seats. So what hurdles have you had to overcome so far on this journey? The only hurdle thus far that I had to overcome is just really myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I say myself, because I run into different things that I didn't realize that that lies dormant within me that I have to face and address. So one example is when I started doing social media um, things, nobody wasn't engaging or liking. And so I would say to myself, like, why are they not like on the page? Why they're not engaging? Then um, I remember a buddy of mine came to me and said, hey, they looking even though they're not engaging. And sure enough, like a year or two, or people would send me messages, hey, this blessed me. Hey, this, um, I don't know how many people that I, that I stopped from committing suicide or attempting suicide. I, I get messages like that all the time. And so when I get those type of, I like to call them validations, right? We affirm, uh, people validate what you're affirming. And so when I get those validations, I'm like, okay, I'm going to stand again a little bit longer. Now, I'll be completely honest with you and transparent. I'm still having a difficult time getting people to engage on my social media. Um, and now if I put a sexy picture up there, they're like, oh, I mean, they go all crazy for that. But when I put content out there, education materials, awareness materials, they don't respond to that. But I, I continue to do it. Yeah, I, I think... Like, I mean, I love these type of conversations because it's kind of like you're at the dawn, right? Like you're yeah. like you're not at sunset. You're not at high noon. You're at the dawn. So the sky is your horizon. So any piece of information and anybody that you can surround yourself with and absorb that content and repurpose it, then obviously you're going to succeed and keep moving forward. So right. one of the things with social media, right? And, you know, obviously everybody that comes to my show, I go and I look through their social media profiles. So mm. the one thing about your Instagram account that stood out to me was your celebration of you becoming a published author. And you did your little, I call it the oogie boogie dance and you go at the grill. (laughs) 
right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So things like that, by default, you get attraction of people to be like, okay, he's celebrating. He's a right. cool person. But what are you celebrating, right? You're celebrating right. your book. So your right. book is your plug, but you're not necessarily selling the book. You're just talking about, you know, I'm dancing, I'm happy, and I'm grilling, but here's my book. Right. So if you kind of just stay in that space and, you know, it kind of, I had um, another guy on my show recently and he does the same thing. Right. And he's like international multimillionaire. And what he does, he'll post random that like he owns a farm. So he'll be on his farm working with his goats and he'll just post a random picture with him and his goats and be like, this is what my morning looks like. What does your morning look like? And mm. that's a social media post. But by default, people are looking at him. They want to live that life. They want to have a farm. Right. So they're going to keep following him. And every once in a while, he'll throw in the plug in there. But the plug is not a blunt plug. It's kind of an indirect plug. This is what I help okay. people do. This is what I'm helping them do. This is this is how I help this person do that. I'm not selling it to them, but I'm talking to you about how I help someone else. And that message could resonate with that person. So just think about adding that into the mix. What you're doing. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Love so it. let's, let's like just dive it. into you like your, 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 okay, you've been on this journey. You said about like, six years and the perception, right? For somebody to your point, looking on social media may see that you're overnight success. You have a book, you're, you're posting, you have mm-hmm. all the different things going on, you're helping clients, but how long did it really take you? I mean, six years is your current journey, but how long have you really been on this journey to get you to where you are currently? I mean, the journey started at birth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the important piece of it is just understanding who you are and who you becoming. And when you understand that, I think you're able to come up and understand what you are doing in your purpose. Um, and, and this is just my opinion. A lot of people that I come in contact with when I ask them, what's your name or what's your purpose? They look at you like they like a deer stuck in headlights, right? Like they can't articulate that. And I share with them, if you don't know the meaning of your name, then that's the problem that, I mean, we need to go back to the basics. Mom name you, dad name you, whoever name you. But if you don't define your name, and I kind of touch on this in the book, if you don't define your name, somebody's going to define it for you. So know the essence of your name, whether you want to just give it a unique definition, if you want to Google it and, you know, put all the letters together and figure out what these letters mean and what does it symbolize, know and be able to argue articulate the meaning of your name. So when you meet somebody, you're like, hey, my name, you know, is DB. You know, what's your name? Well, my name stands for this, 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 this. You have already started laying a foundation for them to embrace who you are because you can articulate exactly who you are. Hmm. That's definitely very, very powerful, very insightful. And um, I, I actually, I mean, I totally agree with that. It's, it's kind of one of those things. If you're having a conversation with someone and you start off right at bat with the definition of your name, it kind of, they will, first of all, they probably will remember your name, right? Yeah. And sec, second of all, they'll, they'll probably be more inclined to talk to you again. So uh, definitely, that, that's definitely inspirational. So if you could go back in time, mm-hmm. what's one thing that you would want to do differently if you could do it all over again? Nothing. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do anything. And the reason for that, because I really love and appreciate who I am now. So, you know, we have strength and we have weaknesses. And a lot of times people look at downfalls or they call them failures. I don't call them, I, I don't call them either of those things. I call them opportunities. You know, no, I didn't pass this exam, but that's an opportunity to learn and to grow. As long as I have breath, I'm in, a, in my right mind, I have an opportunity to do better the next time. Mm-hmm. And when you do better and you learn from that mistake, you have to learn from it now. You can't go up there, don't learn and keep repeating the same vicious mistake mm-hmm. um, and be a part of that vicious cycle. 
you have to learn from it. And once you learn from it, you start to grow, you start to develop. And that's what I like to call your soul journey, right? Because I think we all on earth have a soul and it's constantly traveling. But hmm. in my opinion, I don't always think our mind and our body is traveling along with our soul. So to me, spirit is perfect, right? So we use the spirit to help guide where we're going, to guide our paths, to guide our steps. And your experiences is what help develop your soul, your character, and all those other traits that you may have. Hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you haven't added motivational speaking to your agenda, I would say I think that that should be an itemized item that you need to start working on for sure. <laughs> I have. I, I do. <laughs> it's on there. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So, like, with your entrepreneurial hustle, right? I mean, you have yes. it, right? You, you, you have it. I mean, to, to your past, you work with somebody, but right now, you're in that zone, right? I can hear it. I can see it. Yes. So, does that come from ancestors? Does it come from parents, grandparents? Like, where does that entrepreneurial hustle come from? Oh my God, I love you, man. Thank you for bringing that up. And I'm I'm just getting chills right now and I'm actually getting um, a little emotional because again, this is something I touch on in a book. And so reflecting, so, oh, wow. So during my depression, I came up with a four-hour model that I literally worked through. It's, it hasn't been scientifically proved or anything. This is my personal model that I developed. Mm-hmm. And while I was developing this model, uh, one of the phases is to remember and to reflect is the third stage. But I'm saying that to say that I start reflecting on my history. And I don't know a whole lot. I'm, you know, most African-Americans don't. It kind of go sometimes two generational, if you're really lucky, three generations. But I learned that my grandfather was an entrepreneur. And I've always knew he was an entrepreneur and he passed away when I was one years old. So I didn't get a chance to really, really meet him. But I always hear these wonderful things about him. But he had his own truck. Um, and so he was a truck driver and he was the breadwinner and my, back then my family was considered middle-class, which was kind of huge in the black community back then. And so then that was passed down to my uncles and they had their own trucks and my dad has his own truck. So I had this whole trucking thing, but I I looked at them as truck drivers, not entrepreneurs. Right. Hmm. So, you know, depending on how you perceive things can determine your outcome and determine your behaviors when we approach life in itself. And so when I was writing a book and I I did this whole dear dad thing, um, dear black man, actually, dear black man. And I was just speaking to us, you know, and honoring black men as a whole, especially with everything that's going on. And I paid tribute to my uncle and my dad and just start remembering like, this has always been a part of my generational bloodline. How, like, you know, how did I miss it? How did I not connect to it? But I also believe that we connect to everything when we're supposed to. So someone may look at this particular, um, listen, look or hear this particular podcast. And when you hear it, you're hearing it when you're supposed to hear it, not necessarily when you need to hear it. And so it started with my um, grandfather and my great grandfather. I mean, we own land. We were landowners here in the state of Georgia, in Hawkinsville, Georgia. And, you know, I used to pay, help my grandmother pay taxes on the land, but I didn't know what that meant, right? She would just say, baby, I need some help with the taxes this year. Yes, ma'am. How much you need? And so I would send her the money and, you know, I would get the taxes paid every year. I always would put money aside because I knew there was a possibility she was going to need help. And so just thinking about, I had a family that owned land. I had family members Mm that own their own business. Now I understand where this comes from. It's in my blood. Hmm. 
yeah, yeah. so I, I think definitely with that, I mean, not only do you have not to say a price to pay, but you have a legacy to live up to. So, yeah. I mean, by default, you have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, is, this is not a, not a negotiation, right? You have to make this work. And I, I think you definitely will. I mean, to, to the point to where you're saying three generations back, they owned trucks. They weren't just truck yeah. drivers to have that insight back mm-hmm. then to be on the road driving their trucks, but they're earning all their keep at the same time. Yeah. is a hell of inspirational, even though that you didn't even realize it back then. Yeah. Yeah. And my grandfather purchased my uncle like they he purchased their trucks. You, you know, what I'm like? like that's my blood. If you have to put it in context and realize what area it was, how much money they made. Mm-hmm. And it was like, dude, it's just kind of it's just mind blowing. I'm mm-hmm. so proud of my grandfather and my great grandfather and all that they did because they sowed those seeds, even though I'm not realizing it until, you know, about 40 yeah. years old. But they sowed those seeds. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, that, that kind of brings me up to the family, to the point of where now you're on the grind, you're still yeah. working, but obviously your your business is probably going to start our way in everything else you're doing. How are you currently juggling your work life with your family life? Um, yeah, everything is scheduled. <laughs> everything is, if it's not on the calendar, then it's not happening. And I don't do anything last minute. And my family, they pick at me. And I hope I don't offend anyone when I say this, but all of my, I started working when I was 14. And so I've always had more than one job. So I, my nickname in my family dynamic is Heyman. So Heyman basically means I'm a Jamaican. I got 20 jobs and I holler at you whenever I get an opportunity. So when I walk into family reunions and everything, hey, ma, there you go. You got to go to work. You got to go to work. Um, and so that's the running joke in my family as it relates Classic. to me. So, I mean, like, <laughs> funny that you brought that up. I mean, obviously, uh, what, what was that TV show? It was um, The Damon. Living Color. Living Color, right? Yes, yes. So are you actually Jamaican? No. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually from the island, so I'm from Trinidad. So, I mean, kind of like everybody from the islands always gets thrown into that category under uh-huh. the hats of wearing multiple different jobs and being called a Jamaican. So it's just funny that, that you brought that up. Yeah. So <laughs> um, let me just talk about like your morning habits. So you talk about everything needs to be scheduled. What's your morning routines look like? Um, the morning routines, I start every morning affirming who I am. Um, but there's actually, I start off with praying. Um, and it took me a while to understand what prayer was for me because I was accustomed to the Baptist tradition around you get on your knees and yeah, Lord. And you know, it took me a minute to build my relationship. I don't do any of that. I lay in my bed, you know, my eyes are still closed and I just pray. It becomes very, very, very intimate. And oftentimes if I'm working on a particular area, I'll put my hand on that area. Cause I do believe that I am a healing property and the body heals itself and your mind can heal a lot of things that's going on any ailments in your body. And so if I'm working on my heart space, I'll put my hand over my heart and I just pray over my heart. So I just connect to whatever part. Um, I have kidney disease, um, which I'm a kidney patient. So I put my hand sometimes on my kidneys and just kind of pray over it. And from that, then I go to affirming what I have to do. And from now, then I would just go off to, you know, brush my teeth and do whatever. But first thing in the morning, I spend at least anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes just meditating, praying, chanting, affirming, and just connecting with myself and the spirit. Hmm. 
So I think you brought it up a couple of times, like kidney disease. Let's go ahead and yeah. define that. So, I mean, obviously somebody may hear kidney disease and that, that could be multiple different things that, that have the side effects and what causes. So let's just talk mm-hmm. about your journey with kidney disease. Like, is that something that's genetic? Is it something that happened? Like, how did you get, get into that situation? Man. I got in that situation. I was, um, I just had got accepted at Virginia Commonwealth for my doctoral program. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 2012. I was actually accepted in 2010. So I was finishing up my coursework. I am a health nut. I love to work out. So I was on my way to the gym one Sunday morning and I'm walking, listening to music and I just collapsed. I just yes. fell on the concrete floor. And so when I came to the first thing, I was like, oh my God, what happened? I feel embarrassed. So I looked around to see if anybody saw me. There was no way one around. <clears throat> hmm. Then once I realized that, okay, kind of wipe, pretty much kind of started to wipe the shame off, I guess I could say. What do the average man do? He goes to the gym. <laughs> no, I didn't go to the emergency room. I would have got my workout in. And with that said, eventually I went to the doctor, um, the ER doctors, they overlooked it. I went about three times. Every doctor overlooked it. And I went to see a PCP and they was like, oh, what's going on with your creatine? And I was like, what? Creatine? Yeah, I take creatine. And they was like, no, not creatine supplements, creatine level. And I was like, no, what is that? And so they started to explain it to me. And, uh, and I was like, well, so do I need to stop taking the creatine? She was like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. We're just going to run some lab work to trying to figure out what's kind of going on. And so, um, at the time I was married and I got this whole speech, oh, you never allow no one to do anything for you. Please come home and let me take care of you. So I withdraw from school and I went home so we could figure out what was going on. And that's when I had the kidney biopsy at Grady um, Hospital. And they came back with a rare form of kidney disease called FSGS. So to answer your question, my family hmm. doesn't have any history of kidney disease that I know of on my mom's side. My dad's side, he was a little closed off. Um, so he really didn't share a whole lot and I don't even really think he was really connected to his family members like that because his mm-hmm. grandmother raised him. Mm-hmm. But it was all new for me. And it was chaos. It was pandemonium. pandemonium. I was upset. I was frustrated. I cussed my nephrologist out. I, me and God went at it for a few years because I was like, I eat right. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I exercise. Like, what is this thing that I have to deal with now? Here it is. I grew up poor, not poor, because there's a difference between poor and poor. You know, and the poll is when you just, your family have to depend on the welfare system, government cheese, powdered milk, I mean, food stamps, mm. and you know, I mean, so here it is that I'm working to change the trajectory of what I was raised in to become a better man. And I had to battle this particular issue. So that's how it came about. Mm. Um, it was just really rough, man. It was it's just, it was a rough journey. So I think this is, when that's, happens right like mm. everyone gonna go through a life death experience sooner or later whether it's someone external like like a family member mm-hmm. or internally so for myself it happened when i had a stroke back in 2018 almost wow. died right pulled out of it but that is what inspired me to create this podcast and to create a legacy so in your near death experience is that probably some of the things that kind of behind the scenes that kind of stem in the direction you're going right now to kind of fulfill some legacy items um, partially. So most of the things that really steered me into this item is how it's treated at work. It, it, I mean, blood, sweat and tears. I will work anywhere from 
60 to 80 hours a week sometimes mm -hmm. at work and to be treated the way that I was treated and realize that at any point your job just can pull a plug and say, screw you. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. no, I'm taking control of my life. I didn't like how I was treated. On the flip side with the kidney diagnosis, so I did not speak publicly about it for seven years. And so I was diagnosed at stage three. That So for those who don't know, when you have kidney disease, there's five stages, one through five. When you end up in five, eventually you go into renal failure. So I was at diagnosed at stage 3A. Stage three have stage A and stage B. It's the only stage that have A and a B. And so right now I'm stage 3B. Hmm. Saying all that to say that when I found all of this out and dealt with it for seven years, I stabilized my condition. So I was like, you know what? You need to start teaching people what you're doing. If you can save someone kidney, then you are, I mean, you've just contributed $101 million to their life because it's very expensive to be on dialysis. And once, once the kidneys are damaged, you can't reverse them. Like you can't, they, they just don't heal. And so if I can prevent someone from, um, or slow down a process of kidney disease once they find out or just put it out there to get African-Americans and particularly to get renal exams to know what's the status of your kidney, I'm going to do that. And so I share a lot of my nutritional habits, some of my exercise habits, mm -hmm. just my day-to-day -day life in the battle with kidney disease because you have to manage your lifestyle because it's, it's a lifestyle change. Hmm. So, I mean, obviously... We talked about different things, and we talked about business. We talked about mm -hmm. history. We talked about the kidney. So, I mean, all of these things. It seems like every single point of this conversation, you kind of talked about the book. So let's yeah. just, just talk about your book a little bit. And, and part of this is kind of like, let's save your book for the third part of this question. The first part being, what books helped you on your journey, right? That you mm -hmm. would want to recommend. What books are you currently reading right now? to help you grow. And then the last question, let's kind of dive into your book and talk about what could someone get out of reading your book? Um, I'm not a huge book reader, um, but one book that stood out for me that I read from, you know, from the beginning to the end was Star Jones. She came out this book a long time ago when she was very popular. If, and you may have to help me on it. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that stood out with me. And also another one that still resonate with me, I picked up in the airport years ago was Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Hmm. And that book changed my life because I think a lot of things you know, we just harp on when it's really not that serious, but we harp on it so much till we make it serious. Mm. Um, but I don't sweat small stuff. I don't internalize because internalizing things just turns into a form of cancer to me. Once it's up here and you keep playing it over and over and over and over again, it just changes everything. It changes your demeanor. It changes your attitude. Mm. Before you know it, you just become this really nasty, unhappy, jaded individual. So, um, so that would answer that particular question. What am I reading now? Mm -hmm. Um, what am I reading now? <laughs> really, my dissertation. <laughs> um, I don't have a whole lot of um, time for. I would call it. Um, I guess just. Just free read. I call it free read. I don't have a whole lot of time for free reading because I'm in the process of trying to take my 
um, license board and I'm writing this dissertation. So a, a lot of things that I'm reading is very technical type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but believe it or not, it still pours into me because my dissertation is based on kidney disease for the most part, seeing how African-Americans incorporate positive psychology to help them in their treatment process. And positive psychology is just, you know, self-affirmations, journaling, um, you know, it can be meditation, yoga, how are we incorporating those things in our lives so we can manage our emotions a little bit more and have a better outlook on life. Because a lot of people that deal with kidney disease, they run into this place of hopelessness and helplessness. And so my goal is to teach them or bring or introduce positive psychology and say, hey, you know, you can incorporate this to get you over this little hump. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. So let's just, let's just talk about, about your, your current masterpiece, because I have a feeling and anybody that writes books will realize that you don't just write one book, right? So this is your first of yes. many to come, hopefully. So yes. let's just talk about your first book and kind of dive into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first book um, is, is, it was just written for readers, you know, and when I say um, for readers, the goal is to engage your emotion and your thought process and, and challenge um, every reader to think differently about a situation that they may be going through. Okay. So it, the, the premise is really based on, I take cognitive behavior therapy and positive psychology, and I kind of infuse it because okay. I also want to bring awareness to the Black community, not just Black, all communities about mental health. Like it's real you know, um, and I know sometimes it's a stigma about seeing a therapist. So I kind of break all of that stuff down, what it is, what you can do in layman terms. So hopefully it would be embraced a little bit more. And so what I do throughout the book, there are what I like to call practice twos in which I challenge your cognitive thinking. I challenge your emotions. Um, and I also challenge your behaviors, old behaviors versus new behaviors. So like I said, there are a total of um, six other individuals and they talk about their journey to wellness story. We have one lady that talk about her divorce. We have one lady um, talk about how she was molested and raped as a child by her brother's best friend. One lady talk about racism. Someone talks about how someone broke into their home and held them at gunpoint as a little girl. Um, one gentleman was, I think he was tender Fort Valley University. He was wrestling with a buddy of his, landed on his neck wrong, and he ended up being a quadriplegic to this day and how he dealt with body images and shame and losing weight and fact that he don't have control over certain parts of his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we talk about church hurt. We talk about, <laughs> we just talk about so much. I always tell people, make sure you have a box of tissues. Some, one of these stories are going to resonate with you. We have relationship trauma. Someone was physically abused. And, um, but we just don't talk about the negative experience that we had. They literally lay out what were the things that they did that helped them to become successful business owners to this day. So it's to encourage people that, look, I know we're dealing with mental issues. We have emotional issues. We're dealing with occupational issues. Um, and we're talking about how he went from, you know, a college bed to a hospital bed because he experienced renal failure. Now he's running an organization for kids. Um, it's, a, it's called Why Not? But he his organization, for the most part, based on organ donating for these little small kids here in Atlanta. So, I mean, they just really just took that negative experience, changed it around and did something positive with everything that happened in their life 
Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking about everything that you just said and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm internalizing it and I'm recapping it and I'm just trying mm-hmm. to segment it because that seems to be a lot of information into one book. So mm-hmm. the title of your book, like what is the title of the book and how did you come up with that title? So Love's Pursuit Journey to Wellness, um, which is Love's Pursuit is the name of my company as well. So I decided mm-hmm. to title my company because every last one of us on earth we are constantly on this pursuit of love, whether it's loving ourselves, loving our spouses, loving our kids, you know, when they acting up with loving God, just loving whatever it is that you want to do. It's a constant journey to trying to figure out what that is. Um, in a book, it talks about there's a total of 21 definitions of what love is, <laughs> you know, so you have to define that. You don't need to necessarily go off the Webster dictionary, like somebody have defined that, but what is your definition of love and how does that resonate with you? I think sometimes we get so caught up in the formality of certain things that when it doesn't fit our narrative, we think something is wrong with us. You have to create your narrative, customize who you are. I know it's good to have role models. Listen, I have role models, but I also understand that I am uniquely made. There's something extremely special about me and my story. And I want to put that out there in the universe and out there to the world. So remember what you bring to the table is unique and special. And it took me almost 40 years to realize I am unique and I am special. There's never be another Beyonce. There'll never be another me. But, you know, but Beyonce doesn't supersede who I am as an individual. But I think a lot of times we put people above us and not see other human beings as equally to us, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely very, very, very powerful stuff. So I'm going to put you on the spot, right? Yeah. Like, you produce this book and there's so much wealth of information in this book. Like, like when is the next book coming out and what is that book going to be about? Yeah. So um, what I'm hoping <laughs> is that this book, this journey to wellness book is the goal is to turn it into somewhat like a, a series or a franchise. Right. And so the goal is to really just to kind of just take this on a on the road show, go to a whole nother city and just kind of figure out, you know, hey, you want to offer your journey to wellness story and how can I help you as well? Again, it's about um, expanding not just me, but others. I, I, I really, truly believe in a collaborative project. So that's to go. However, I do have probably four other books in the pipeline. Doesn't necessarily attach directly to Love's Pursuit mm-hmm. Journey to Wellness, but my goal for Love Pursuit Wellness is to really, really travel and to start normalizing some of the things that we as African-Americans have not talked about their shame there's guilt around a lot of the things that we do mm-hmm. and that and then it goes back to you the, you know uncaging right so once we are able to open up and tell that story we not only help ourselves but there's liberations for others in our community but we have to start somewhere so this is my dedication this is my work to the community mm-hmm. to say look this is where i am this is what i've gone through look you can be successful well as well as i was yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely um, a journey worth taking. I'm just wondering, like, have you thought about maybe possibly becoming like a podcast host yourself? Yeah. So my podcast is the same project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, and so basically it's acronym of saying. So saying stands for support, awareness, normalize and educate. 
So it's a platform that's geared to bring it on all different races, ethnicities. I don't care what your, um, your sex, your gender, um, your sexuality. I don't care about any of that. Right now we are living in a world that's completely divided. And so my platform offer people to come on and to also share their stories to hopefully remind people that even though we may be a different gender, different race, we have different religious beliefs, spiritual beliefs, we kind of go through a lot of the similar things. I've been talking to people all across the world and been interviewing them for the podcast show and realized like, oh my God, that's that happened to me too. But look, you're all the way over there in Australia and mm. you were white. Yeah. So we're really not that different. But I learned that in social work, that genetically we're really not that different. It's just the external that is completely different. They call it the phenotype that's different. But when we really break ourselves down, mm-hmm. we're really not that different. We are more alike than we are different. Wow. So where do you see yourself in 20 years from now? Where do I see myself 20 years from now? Um, I see myself just freely walking um, in my purpose without any unnecessary stress, having that freedom to decide what it is that I want to do and making sure whatever it is that I do is blessing other people. So definitely not working a nine to five. (laughs) Um, um, But yeah, I think for the most part, if I had to answer that, it's just traveling around the world, giving motivational speaking engagements, educating individuals, um, partnering up with different kidney communities, faith-based organizations, and bringing all this wealth and knowledge into that space so we can save a life, we can save a kidney. Um, and that's really it. Save a mind, save a heart. Wow. Great. So you got a, obviously different facets going on, right? You yeah. got multiple different things in your business moving around. So what software softwares are you currently using to help manage? And, and, and in addition to that, like what software do you do not see your company running without? Mm, so there is one particular software and I want to make sure I say the name correctly called Content Studio. So it's more so like a Hootsuite. Mm-hmm. And that particular platform allowed me to sit down because I sit down every month and I schedule everything and put it into the scheduler and it kind of sends everything out. Um, but it not only does it send out the information, but if you have articles that you're interested in or a particular topic, you can kind of pull from different platforms and you can kind of post that mm-hmm. and it'll send it out on your platform that may be on CNN or, you know, Men's Health Magazine, that type of information. So right now I'm married to that and I kind of like it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So let's go into like final words of wisdom. So let's say, you know, I'm a 40 year old person. I'm listening mm. to this podcast. Like, you know, you're hell of inspirational. You're motivating me. And if you could tell me a few words, something to help me make the leap of fate and jump into my entrepreneurial endeavors and move forward, what would those words be? I would say, um, make sure you understand the difference between passion and purpose. So throughout this journey, I've been very passionate about it, right? I've been passionate about everything in my life. I've always given 150%, but passion doesn't always lead you to an emotional, a healthy emotional state of mind. Passion can run you ragged, right? Because sometimes people don't appreciate 
your worth. They don't appreciate your passion. They don't appreciate your work ethic. And when someone doesn't appreciate you, it shows, right? And it doesn't feel good. And so, but when you understand that regardless of passion, when you walk in in purpose, you don't question it because you know exactly what it is that you're supposed to be doing. You don't need to be validated because you is your purpose are for me, have already been confirmed by your God or your spiritual being. So again, I look at, um, I affirm, people validate, God confirm. So once you get that confirmation in your purpose, you just keep on going. Everything else will attract or will show up when it's supposed to show up. You just keep doing what you're supposed to do. But when we're driven by passion, which is also emotion, oftentimes that emotion would just have us all over the place on different paths and we're seeking validation from someone who doesn't even appreciate the hard work and dedication that we put in some, into something. So understand that there's a complete difference between passion, passion and purpose. Passion is really fueled by your emotions and your talent, but purpose, even when you don't want to be faithful to purpose or don't want to walk in your purpose, purpose is going to find you, whether you like it or not. That's why I'm here. I'm an introvert. I am an introvert. I like to go home, close my door. It gets stuck in my shell. But because of purpose, hmm. I'm walking on down that world. I'm walking down that path. I, I feel like, like literally, like, I just want to jump up and say testimony. Like, literally, I felt like you took me to church <laughs> for a minute right there. It was like, yeah, it was, that was definitely some solid words of wisdom for sure, man. Yeah, I appreciate so, that. Um, talk about, like... How can people get in contact with you? I mean, like, what's your social media handles? Like, what's yeah. your website? And do you have any promotional stuff that you want to give out to our listeners? Absolutely. Um, so you can find me at lovespursuitatl.net, not .com. And that's spelled L-O-V-E-S, pursuit, P-U-R-S-U-I-T-A-T-L.net. I am on all social media platforms, including LinkedIn. Um, my website is lovespursuitatl.net. And I do have a promotion. For anyone who purchases a book um, here in the U.S., because I'm not mailing across seas, but in the U.S., um, you make that purchase, there'll be a discount and I'm giving away a free gift for all of the viewers and listeners. Um, and if you want to purchase a book and you're overseas, you can just go to Amazon.com, Love's Pursuit, pull it up, they'll send it right to you. Great, great. So uh, this, we're going to the bonus questions now, yes. right? So if you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? I would probably spend that time with Tisha Campbell. Hmm. So I love Tisha Campbell. I have always loved her since I was a little boy. She has inspired me. I got in my feelings when she got married to Dwayne Martin. I, I mean, yeah, I didn't like that at all. Then she had the audacity to you know, eventually go to another Martin. And I'm like, Martin and Martin, none of them worked out. They were all temporary. Why she just didn't come to a Marshall, a DB Marshall. <laughs> so if I get my time with Tisha Campbell, it's just going to be me and her. We're going to listen to some good music and we're just going to go over all of the stuff that I've followed her on and, and just really just show my appreciation and my gratitude because she impacted my life. Like as a little boy, you know, back then you saw one token black. She was the black, mm. uh, one of the blacks on the shows that I will watch. Wow. Tisha. Yeah. Mm. A good old house party. Tisha. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
and boomerang. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, she's done. That she, yeah, she's done a few dozen of them. Yeah, for yeah. sure, definitely. I mean, it was like, I guess, nineties was her her reign of fire, man. For sure. Yes, yes. Um, so, if what's your most significant achievement to date? My most significant achievement. And it's so funny because people get on me because I don't never talk about like a lot of different accomplishments accomplishments and degrees and I don't really hang them on the wall there in the file cabinet but the most significant accomplishment is raising my nephew um and so when I went through that divorce I was going to move in my own apartment and my family is extremely close my me and my siblings are extremely close and it was like no we don't trust you we know you're gonna take it hard no you're moving in with us I'm like I'm a grown man I ain't moving in with y'all but I did and man my nephew was a huge part of me um, coming out of the depression, sitting down watching cartoons, or he just want to have like sleepovers, you know, right there in the middle of the living room floor, eating popcorns, just looking at different things. So um, I still co-parent. I still am raising him, helping my sister raise him. But he, I mean, has been a huge accomplishment. And it, he also reminds me to just don't take stuff seriously, really. Like, it's it's just not that serious. Yes. And he also teaches me how to laugh because I'm analytical and I can be serious a lot. Mm-hmm. So he teaches me how to have fun. Cool. How old is he? He's now nine. nine. Yeah, nine. he's nine now. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that time flies by pretty quickly, man. I was just watching a video earlier today and when my son was like four. And now, you know, he's well into the teenage ages. So it's just kind of like crazy night and day difference in how I remember it vividly from yesterday. But <laughs> obviously today he's taller than me and has a mustache. And it's, just, it's crazy. So it's night hey, and day Let me ask you a question. Yeah. When did he stop or I won't say stop. When did he stop putting boundaries on what type of affection can, that you were able to display to him? Like my nephew, I'll never forget. I want to say he was like five. He just went to kindergarten and I went to just hug and, and kiss him on the forehead. And he was like, no, uncle, no, you can't do that no more. How you doing? And yeah. I was like, oh, I was devastated. Mm. So, Honestly, I mean, I went through a divorce as well, and okay. I've had primary custody since he was about four years old. Mm. So we're still passionate huggers, and I yeah. still give him a kiss. And you awesome. know, believe it or not, every once in a while, I still go in his room and and give him a kiss goodnight and tuck him in. So it, it's it's, it's one of those things that you know, going back to the whole African American dad side of things, it was yeah. kind of like for me, like my dad was been, you know, in, in my life, like my entire life, mm. but it gave me an opportunity for me to evolve that, to kind of give my son back a, a, a life that, that not to say I wish I had, but a life that I can deliver to him now. And I'm hoping that he would take that and deliver it to his kids and his grandkids. That's beautiful, man. I'm, I, that's so awesome. I, I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's funny that you brought that up. I mean, this is the time of the podcast. Usually whoever I'm interviewing the microphone I give to you and you could ask me any <laughs> questions that you would like. So if you have any other questions, feel free to do it. Um, no, actually, I think you really just, um, uh, you poured into me. I've never been on a podcast when, you know, um, I had someone just say, give me, give me suggestions on how to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I will probably say, man, I, I have enjoyed it. I would love for you to keep pouring into me. You know what? That's not true. I do have a question. Go for it. I've been having a very difficult time finding a PR person. Hmm. And so if you had to recommend um, what I would need to do in hmm. reference to, I, I may not need a PR person, right? Uh, but marketing is just hard. Like it's very time consuming. Hmm. 
what would you suggest or who would you recommend moving forward to just make sure that I keep this momentum going and mm-hmm. get into and book different, you know, whether it's radio shows, TV shows, mm-hmm. um, whatever. Yeah. So the PR, it, it's one of those things. It's kind of like PR and SEO. And somebody may hear me answer this question and be like, what the hell does SEO have to do with P- PR? But they're both kind of similar in the sense that neither one of them are going to deliver overnight success. Mm-hmm. Both of them are going to have to be set up and you're going to have to magnify them over a period of time and you have to maintain them. So okay. with PR, there's PR people that essentially will, you know, I have people that that's in my circles that I give you access to that can kind of help you do shows, radio shows, podcasts, talk shows, and so forth and so forth. But then on the other side, there's technology PR, there's PR syndications, and there's PR services out there that can give you some of that PR by getting you plugged in to their network of media outlets. Right. Not necessarily Mm -hmm. just taking the article and syndicating it, but taking you as a person and saying, hey, we have access to 100 podcasters. Right. Put you on a schedule to get on 100 of these shows or at least 20 percent of the shows that follow under your criteria. Right. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, they may have media outlets like TV. Well, here's three to four TV shows that we can get you on because you have the topic that they're looking for. So there's two different schools of thought. Right, Both of them could work in conjunction with each other or they can work independently it mm. really comes down to like the cost and the yeah. return so to start off first i would say start creating like your own pr do mm. your own press press releases start yeah. there because that way when you get with someone that has pr or you get with a pr syndication at least you have some content to say hey i have my headshots because that's the first thing headshot yeah. then your articles then mm. your bio have the basic stuff ready to go so yeah. then you can have content to deliver Yep. Which I have all of that. So yeah, that's, 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 that's real good. I appreciate that. Other than that, man, you know, just keep me in your prayers and keep pouring into me. Like I said, you know, when we have an opportunity to meet up um, in Atlanta, let's, let's make it happen. It's, I'm, I'm just, I, I just love what you're doing. I mean, you just started a book club. I was reading that too. And I actually downloaded all your books. I'm not stalking you or anything, but I might <laughs> read all of your books as well. Um, and I just appreciate what you're doing, where you're going and have you, how, you are giving back, you know, to this big world. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely appreciate. I mean, one, I appreciate you one reaching out to for you to even take the time out of your schedule to be on the show. Cause this show is for people like you and me, whether we're at 10,000 or whether we're at 10 million, it's all about right. the entrepreneurs. And if we all work together in, in, in synchronicity like this, the opportunities for me to give you the information is information that I've grown to use myself or I've heard other people on my show delegate. So it gives me opportunity to pour it back into you. That's what this, this show is not for me. It's about creating a legacy of entrepreneurs to have information that's useful, evergreen information so they can continue to grow and grow and grow. All right. Evergreen yeah. information. I like that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, I mean, DB, man, I definitely appreciate you taking the time out your schedule and coming on the show, man. It was definitely a blessing. My pleasure. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com. Or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 
233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss on Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.